I'm Shane Twist and welcome to Behind the Beef, a podcast that gives you a look behind the scenes and into the everyday activities of people behind the beef. Today, we will be delving into the commercial advantage of Angus cattle. As many listeners may know, the Australian beef industry is currently seeing record highs across the sale yards and on-farm in prices for both commercial and seed stock Angus cattle. For a deeper dive into the commercial advantage of Angus cattle, we will be recapping some of the successes seen for Angus cattle in recent months, and also speaking to Angus Australia staff and some members of the industry regarding what can be seen from this investment into Angus genetics, and what this means for both the producer and the end product. Hi, I'm Diana Wood, the Marketing and Communications Manager at Angus Australia, and I'm here today to talk about the recent groundbreaking results we've seen for commercial Angus and Angus-influenced cattle across the country as they continue to break records week in, week out when it comes to sale prices. What a turnaround from 12 months ago when most of the country was shrouded in dust and smoke. What we have seen over the last few months has been nothing short of amazing as the sale results for Angus and Angus-influenced cattle have exceeded all expectations. We expected the cattle market to turn but probably not to the extent that we have seen as sale records have continued to tumble not only for seed stock but commercial cattle as well. Angus females in particular are hot property with commercial females regularly hitting upwards of three to $4,000 per head, a price that was once reserved for seed stock females only. These records come as no surprise to me, particularly in the commercial sector, because producers are looking to rebuild with a breed that they can trust. They have an eye to the future, and so the prices they are willing to pay for Angus cattle seem to know no bounds. Producers are going deep into their pockets to purchase Angus bulls, females and steers. And this trend isn't just in the southern states of Australia, but into the northernmost areas of the country as well, with the genetics integrating themselves further into the northern beef production system. Each week we are seeing unprecedented demand for Angus cattle as restockers look to rebuild their herds, chasing commercial Angus females with known genetics to rebuild the nucleus of their herd with these top quality females. They want fertile, functional females and as such are turning to the breed that offers maternal traits while also bringing the carcass traits needed for the end product. And unsurprisingly, the results for Angus females was mirrored during the spring bull selling season, which saw Angus sale after Angus sale reach new heights for averages and clearances, as buyers chased the latest genetics on offer for use in their herds. These outstanding results are a testament to the overall confidence in the market for high quality Angus genetics. At the time of recording, we've seen some really great examples of these top prices with the sale of 10 PTIC commercial Angus heifers for $3,900 per head at Gilmandyke, while AP Cole sold 18 commercial Angus heifers and calves to $3,900 on auctions plus in October. Julie and Jeremy Shaw at Injun, Queensland sold Angus heifers to a top of $568 cents a kilo or an average of $508 cents per kilo at Roma in August. And more recently, Kulana Angus sold Angus steers for $2,158 to $2,176 or $476 cents per kilo at the Elders Kerr & Co annual feature spring sale in October. With these examples, just a small representation of the cracking sales happening around the sale yards and on Auctions Plus, records do continue to fall weekly. 
If you follow the Angus Australia social media channels or regularly read the news on the Angus Australia website, you will see the producer spotlights we put out highlighting this demand as producers across the country continue to claim top dollar for their Angus genetics. Or alternatively, please check out the links in the show notes to read more about these great results. I recently caught up with Peyton Fitzsimons, director of Ray White Rural Blackall, where we chatted about the successes of Angus and Angus-influenced cattle out of Blackall in recent months and also touched on how his clients and producers utilising Angus in the area have fared with Angus genetics in the northernmost parts of Australia. There have been some great results for commercial Angus cattle around the country, including a recent record-breaking sale of a client for yours for Angus steers at Blackall. What are some current trends that you have observed in Angus cattle in the sale yards over the last few months? Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. In Western Queensland, uh, in Blackall, where my, uh, where my business is, we have seen an influx of Angus and Angus cross cattle come through our sale yard facility up here. They are still without doubt um, a breed that is highly chased and highly pursued. Um, whether it's for, uh, for bullet producers or breeders, backgrounders for feedlotters or direct in the feedlot, they still, uh, they still to this day are highly, highly pursued, highly sought after. And you've seen the numbers of Angus and Angus cross cattle definitely on the increase in our district and our supply area, which is to the west of Blackhall as well, going right through the Northern Territory border. Is there a dominant end market for commercial Angus or Angus influenced cattle selling out of Blackhall? Yeah, the dominant end. Definitely with a, a big percentage of our cattle is the feedlot industry here. Yeah. Um, whether, it, whether it's my clients and other producers breeding, breeding those feedlot weight cattle, feedlot entry weight cattle, whether they're you know, for a domestic job or for an export market, um, the big percentage of the cattle we see that do have those Angus genetics coming through, they are all destined for that feedlot job, the feedlot specifications, both as steers and heifers. From an agent's perspective, what's the key driver for the commercial success of Angus and Angus-influenced cattle in the north? And what drives interest for the cattle in the north in terms of traits that producers are looking for? Yeah, that's another great question. I reckon the, uh, the theory of where black cattle out here in the hotter, hotter conditions and the hotter climates of Australia, where they... There was a perception there many years ago that they just wouldn't do because of the colour of them. Yeah. I think that's well and truly over now. Uh, we're finding, um, you know, with a, with an increased genetic pool in the Angus breed as well, there's, uh, there is genetics there available, and these uh, these you know these certain these certain styles of Angus cattle do very very well in our in our hotter climate out here. So that perception is well and truly um, water under the bridge, uh, and you're just finding that you know this. The, the Angus cattle here and the Angus cross cattle here are just suitable to so many of our markets. Yeah. Uh, there's not too many markets where, where producers can't, can't sell those, uh, those Angus Angus cross cattle into. They just, you know, they, and their, their doing ability, their, their fertile, uh, their fertile levels are just outseeding many other breeds. So in ter- I guess from your clients' experiences, that would probably mean that while there were negative considerations for utilising genetics in the northernmost areas of Australia, there are some positives that go with it as well that sort of are kind of out-trumping the negative correlations people might have. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I 
think that you know the more the more investigating uh, people are doing into the genetics and uh, yeah, and then and the more they're having go at them really. Uh, yeah, the rewards are definitely there, and, and people are seeing them now on a weekly basis through the market. There's been a number of high prices for Angus seed stock producers and just seed stock producers in general when it comes to bull and female sales recently. Um, and a lot of those, have, obviously, bulls are going into commercial operations, um, including those further north. From an agent's perspective, what do you think these prices sort of indicate when it comes to um, investment into commercial operations when it comes to genetic gains? Yeah, look, obviously we are we, we're all uh, we all know where those uh, where those start prices have been this year and they've been absolutely enormous and you know off the off the back of some very dry years. Yeah, it's been great to see. It's been great to see some um, you know some increased you know, commodity prices for those bulls. It's never really my eyes, and for many of my clients, it's never been better to get into that better end of the bulls at the moment. Where before, when you were trying to buy a ten thousand dollar bull, what it was costing you twenty calves. Where now you're buying a twenty thousand dollar bull, it's actually only costing you, you know, costing you the same same amount of calves, and you're getting twice the genetic pack. So, yeah. it's, um, you know, the the, uh, the the commodity price out the other end of your cattle, you know, is uh, is at a level where you can try and afford to get into the, you know, to get into the better genetics at the top end. Yeah. But it is. It is a battle for some uh, for some producers, definitely uh, trying to get into the Angus cattle. You know, purely because of the price of the bulls, but the uh, the price of the cattle out the other end, you know, it makes it very attractive to keep trying to procure those Angus bulls. When it comes to the prices that they're hitting at the moment in the in the sale yard for the Angus cattle, at least you sort of touched on it before. But has it been consistently like this in terms of them being sought after in recent years or has it sort of over, you know, the last couple of years that this has been happening, that there's been a sought-after market for Angus cattle? It's, it, it's, it's slowly, uh, it's slowly, slowly developed and it's slowly got going probably over the last, the last decade. Yeah. The last five years... Uh, you've really seen it in a kick away, but you have to say this year, especially driven off purely that New South Wales season, yeah. had such a just a you know incredible season down there, and obviously the genetics of Angus cattle are so highly sought after down there. The Queensland producers have been extremely rewarded this year in the in the physical market through the sale yards or via auctions plus, but especially through the sale yards yeah. where you've got so many so many New South Wales. Um, you know, organisations being feed lots all the background and the producers wanting to get their hands on these on these Angus cattle. There's yep. no numbers of them in New South Wales, so they're coming up here. Yeah, that, that you've really noticed a huge difference this year in the price between your Angus and your Angus cross cattle compared to others, you know, right from, from going through to as we speak now. With difficult widespread drought conditions experienced by producers in recent years, the purchasing of commercial Angus cattle for the purpose of rebuilding herds and in turn the investment by commercial producers for higher priced seed stock bulls for their operations has supported the success of Angus cattle recently. We spoke to Andrew Byrne, Breed Development and Extension Manager at Angus Australia in regards to the investment into genetic improvement in these times of rebuilding and what this means when it comes to return for producers. Angus Australia recently researched the genetic merit of Angus bulls offered for sale across the past five years. What were some of the key findings from this survey? Okay, so within this uh, study that we undertook, we went and had a look at 
What the kind of genetic merit was of the bulls which had been listed for sale um, on Angus Australia's online sale catalogue and how it had changed over the last five years. So in particular we looked at uh, the sales which were listed with a sale date between June the 1st to October 31st each year and had a cl close look at what were the average EBVs of the bulls which were listed um, in both the 2016 through the 2020 bull selling season. So each year we had, uh, across those uh, five-year period, there was around 8,500 bulls uh, that were offered for sale to the, the commercial Angus industry each year. Um, and what the study kind of showed was there had been quite a, a lot of improvement in the genetics of the bulls which are being offered for sale each year. And in particular, the bulls which were offered for sale in the 2020 spring bull selling season were $14 per female mated more profitable than based on their genetics that they were carrying than the equivalent bulls which were offered for sale in the 2016 bull selling season. And that was assessed using the um, Angus Breeding Index and it equated to an average improvement each year in the genetic merit of those Angus bulls being offered for sale of around $3.44 per female uh, mated across those five years. And if we're looking at, at using each bull to around uh, 150 females across his working life, um, and if we consider that the economics within our breeding program might be the same as what they are built into the, the Angus Breeding Index, then, then that equates to an increased return of around $1,050 from an average bull purchased in, in 2050 by comparison to um, the equivalent bull that was purchased in 2016. So quite a lot of uh, genetic improvement being made in, in the Angus breed, as we know, but that's also being reflected in the actual Angus bulls, which are being offered for sale each year and, and available to commercial producers. Uh, if we go and break down where that main genetic improvement has occurred, then um, the most significant genetic improvement which continues to be made in the breed is increasing their genetics for growth of, of Angus cattle um, without compromising the calving ease. So being able to hold birth weight uh, constant but increase the, the genetics for, for growth which ultimately is uh, enabling us to reduce the age at turnoff of, of Angus animals so hitting uh, target weights um, a little bit earlier and, and resulting in increased uh, profitability as a result. There's also quite a lot of improvement in the uh, carcass quality of, of animals. So not only uh, heavier carcasses or equivalent carcass weights at, at, at a younger age, but also in the, the ongoing focus of Angus seed stock producers on the genetics for improved marbling. And, and that increase in, in marbling over time I mean, is really leading to and assisting with those um, more profitable Angus bulls being offered for sale to the commercial sector each year. According to the research undertaken by Angus Australia, for those considering rebuilding their herd after the last few years of drought conditions with the utilisation of Angus genetics, what does an investment in Angus genetics mean for the return it brings when it comes to success across the supply chain? Yeah, so what, what the study, I suppose, that we showed and, and looked at the genetics of the bulls which are being offered to the uh, commercial industry each year, it's, it's really that improvement was reflective of the overall genetic improvement which is occurring in the um, Angus seed stock sector and, and the Angus genetics which are therefore available. So when people are looking at uh, rebuilding their, their female herd, then they'll, they'll be looking at replacing the, the females they may have um, offloaded with uh, younger, more profitable Angus genetics than, than what they might have um, previously. So if we look across the, the actual whole Angus breed rather than just focusing in on the, the bulls which are offered um, for sale each year, 
then we know that the, the rate of genetic improvement within the Angus breed is is now the highest it's ever been and is now exceeding the rate which we observed in, in the early to mid-2000s when there was a, a real push on particularly improved eating quality w- within the Angus breed. So we're now going, um, the, the genetic improvement's now at the highest rate it's ever been and, and that's a real testament, I suppose, to the great work that the seed soft producers in, in Australia in, in the Angus breed are, are doing and particularly through their adoption of the different technologies which are available. So if we look at the things like the, the adoption of artificial breeding, we know around 50% of, of the seed stock calves that are bred each year are, are via artificial breeding uh, and that equates to around 40,000 Angus seed stock calves each year. So that high adoption of, of AI or artificial insemination and, and along with embryo transfer is really enabling the best Angus genetics to their, their genetics to be widely disseminated and, and used throughout the breed. Um, and, th- and that, I guess, is, is coupled with the, the higher use of the latest genetic technologies enabling us to actually really well describe the genetics of Angus animals and therefore select those Angus animals which are most aligned with our breeding objective. So uh, a good example of that has been the adoption by seedstock Angus producers of the DNA or genomic-based technology and, and in particular... So that we're now leading the, the way with that and there's over 100,000 genotypes that are now included in the Trans-Tasman Angus Cattle Evaluation which is, is by far the, the greatest number of genotypes of, of any of the breeds in Australia and um, reflective of that, um, over, over 32,000 Angus animals will actually be genotyped this year. So it, it equates by an annual investment of our um, Angus seed stock producers um, of around $2 million each year in DNA technology alone, along with their investment in performance recording. So um, that's all coupled uh, together to ensure that the the Angus breed is really making um, a high rate of genetic improvement. And so producers who are looking to to rebuild their female herd um, can can be really comfortable knowing that the Angus genetics that they're, they're bringing into their operation um, well, well yeah, having to, to rebuild has been a bit of a disruption, but the genetics which they're bringing back in now are a better um, and, and an improved product from, from those Angus animals which they, they might have had to offload in the past and, and they can really hit the ground running and knowing that they're investing in a breed um, who is trying to really maximise the rate of genetic improvement and, and maximise the profitability uh, throughout the whole beef supply chain due to genetic improvement. The prices seen in recent months for commercial Angus cattle mean that producers are investing heavily when it comes to Angus genetics. When it comes to the supply chain, we spoke to our commercial supply chain manager Liz Pearson regarding what the current market suggests for Angus cattle across the supply chain and for the end consumer. We talk of an Angus premium. What does the current market suggest for Angus cattle across the supply chain? So at the moment, there's really high demand for Angus cattle across all categories, with this demand well outstripping the supply. The focus on purchasing and selling of Angus animals has been extremely acute, with premiums between 20 to 60 cents a kilo live weight and 250 to $400 a head over other breeds observed in recent months. Producers looking to rebuild their female herds post the drought are scrambling for cows and heifers, be it PTIC, joined or even empty, to take advantage of the vast body of feed now available in most regions, thanks to that good rain. A really outstanding example of this was seen on Auctions Plus just over a week ago with a mob of 350 kilo PTIC purebred Angus heifers securing $2,300 per head. 
whereas the same animals only 12 months ago would have made around $1,200 a head, quite a return on your investment. Angus feeder steers have long gained an average premium of around 15 cents a kilo over other breeds, but as demand from overseas for Australian Angus beef continues to climb post-COVID, the premium seen in this category of the market sits comfortably between 20 to 30 cents a kilo live weight now. What are the key end markets for Angus cattle in Australia and Angus beef here and abroad? So young cattle prices in Australia are driven largely by the feedlot market. This market is undoubtedly one of the key destinations for Angus cattle in Australia. With strong demand for grain-fed Australian Angus branded beef globally, particularly from Japan, South Korea, Singapore, China, the EU and the UAE. Driven by this high demand for Angus feeders is a resulting supply chain required to produce those animals, putting subsequential upward pressure on the demand for Angus females and Angus bulls, which we've clearly seen throughout 2020 in the bull selling season. We also see considerable secondary pressure from the F1 Wagyu producer looking to secure quality Angus females to place into their breeding programs to generate that quality based Wagyu Angus cross animal, which again moves to the grain fed supply chain. Grass-fed Angus product is highly sought after, particularly in the US, as their supply chain severely lacks the ability to produce any large quantities of this product with the system geared predominantly to grain feeding. But typically these grain-fed markets are, are southern-based in southern Australia due to the grass production in these areas being more secure. The markets suggest that in the wake of the devastating drought conditions over the last couple of years that many producers are purchasing for the purpose of herd rebuilding. What influence does this have on the marketplace for those looking to purchase Angus cattle to go into feedlot and processing sectors of the supply chain to export Angus beef to high-end consumers? That's right. That upward pressure on the Angus females to rebuild herds has left a resulting gap in availability of heifers going into the grain-fed or grass-fed branded beef programs for our export markets. So normally heifers are a lower cost item compared to the steers going into shorter fed programs for the domestic beef market. However, with the high demand from restockers as they step into the market after a two to three year hiatus, this is pushing the price up for females and steers alike as the feedlot and processors try to secure anything to meet domestic demand, which has increased due to COVID and people's changes in their buying patterns as well globally. While all of these supply and demand issues are being endured by the entire beef supply chain, it is Angus branded beef that is sitting front and centre with consumers continuing to appreciate quality status and a premium eating experience. wraps episode four of Behind the Beef. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. If you liked the episode, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. We also have a couple of recommendations this episode for all things ag. Our listening recommendation is the Raw Ag podcast, which covers industry news, unique views and presentations. Our watching and reading recommendations are a little self-plug Our watching recommendation is the Angus Connect Research and Development Update, which you can watch online via the Angus Australia YouTube channel. The event features a dynamic series of presentations regarding the latest R&D updates coming out of Angus Australia. Our reading recommendation is the recently published Lessons from the ASBP Resources, which are located in the SI benchmarking location of the Angus Australia website. For those with an interest in the selection tools available through Angus Australia, the lessons from the ASBP project 
jointly funded by Angus Australia and the MLA Donor Company, has been established to demonstrate the value of the selection tools provided by Angus Australia and explores questions such as how much genetic variation is there between Angus bulls and do Angus EBVs accurately predict the performance of a bull's progeny? Check out those resources if you're interested in the Angus side benchmarking program and for those who aren't familiar with the program, have a listen to episode two of Behind the Beef for a whole episode dedicated to breaking down the program. And that's all from us for this episode. Please make sure you tune in again next time.